Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Not So Native Podcast. Let me introduce your host. My name is Rob Lamb. And I'm Aaron Bailey. Kick back and let us take you on a journey as we explore some of Arizona's most fascinating people, places, and things to do. Are you ready? What you doing, Dad? Uh, trying to get my tax documents together. Why so early? It's not the end of the year. Well, that's what my friends at MLR Professional Tax and Accounting said I should do. And they gave me this nice document holder to put them in to make it easier come tax time. Sounds like a big job. And that's why I trust my friends at MLR Professional Tax and Accounting Service. Call them today, 623-505-7141 or MLRProTaxService.com. All right, welcome back. This is Aaron. Rob. We have our lovely co-hosts. Stephanie. And Brandy. We are wives here. And we are special guest, Roger Naylor. Hi, it's uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, you guys. Just had a delicious breakfast at... uh, Crema Craft Kitchen in Old Town Cottonwood is one go. of those, uh, one of our fine restaurants now. Uh, Cottonwood, I, I've been living in Cottonwood for uh, 25 years, and uh, so we've seen the changes. And uh, uh, we met Eric, uh, uh, the owner, earlier, and uh, he's largely responsible for the uh, turnaround, he and his wife Michelle, for the uh, renaissance of uh, Old Town Cottonwood that's now known as a uh, culinary and wine destination. People Absolutely. travel around to eat and drink in my little burg. Who would have thought it? There you go. You know, but, uh, when I first moved here 25 years ago, uh, you would not have come here for the, the food. Right. Believe me. Right. I happened to meet some people from New York City while I was standing in line at one location. So. Nice. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, quite the change in your time here. It is. It's been a, but it's been a pleasure. It's been a good change. It's been. Uh, it hasn't grown willy nilly. It hasn't uh, gotten out of hand. It's just improved. It's just gotten better. Yeah. And now, Roger, what do you do? I know you write. Uh, you write some words on paper. Now. I do. I, I push words around on the page, and they pay me to do it. It's hard to believe. I'm a freelance writer, which means that. Uh, anybody who writes me a check, I write them a story. Right. But I, I am a uh, an Arizona travel writer and author. Uh, I write almost exclusively about Arizona, and uh, I fell in love with this amazing state uh, forty plus years ago. And uh, I've spent all my time poking around in the corners of it and writing about what I find. And it's uh, I somehow make a living doing that, and it's. Uh, uh, the coolest job you can imagine. I wrote for many years for the uh, for Arizona Highways Magazine. For the last uh, 12 years or so, I've been the ex- uh, exclusive primary f- uh, freelance travel writer for the Arizona Republic newspaper. Um, but I also write for, you know, I'm an author of many books. I write for all the visitor guides, the official Arizona visitor guide. If you pick that up oh, wow. this year, you'll find three of my articles in it. i uh, the Scottsdale Visitor Guide, the Sedona Visitor Guide, the Yuma Visitor Guide. I write for uh, websites for all the, the towns around uh, the place. I mean, you know, my, my work appears in USA Today. It appears in The Guardian. It appears in a lot of places. But to be honest, I don't freelance as much anymore because I just, again, do so much in-house stuff. You know, uh, Scottsdale will call and say, hey, we need some hiking articles. And so I write some hiking articles for them. And 
uh, that kind of thing. So I just I tend to work a lot with the <clears throat> Chamber of Commerces and, and uh, the visitor, uh, the Arizona Office of Tourism and stuff from all around the state. I've uh, you know somehow managed to get by doing that. Uh, in 2018, I was inducted into the Arizona Tourism Hall of Fame. So, wow. Uh, Fantastic. You know, thanks. Yeah. So that's why I am going to have to charge you for this interview. Uh, <laughs> just, but, but yeah, because, yeah, now, you know, uh, Hall of Famer just it goes with just, the territory. Just uh, saying. Yeah. <laughs> but you have a, a new book coming out in October. I do. Uh, Arizona State Parks, A Guide to Amazing Places in the Grand Canyon State. This is a story that I've been wanting to tell for a, uh, a long time. We're sitting here at uh, my home turf. Uh, the reason that I'm uh, so madly passionate about Arizona State Parks, we're sitting at Dead Horse Ranch State Park in Cottonwood. This is we're literally less than 10 minutes from my house here. And here we are sitting under the shade of the cottonwood trees, uh, uh, overlooking a lagoon, uh, perched on the edge of the uh, uh, Verde River here with the limestone hills behind us. This is my little escape. This is my little sanctuary. Whenever I want to uh, tumble off the grid for a few minutes, I just leave and, and here I am. I'm hiking trails or I'm walking down by the river or I'm just uh, relaxing by the lagoons or something. It's uh, that's what Arizona State Parks do. That all, they're such vital uh, parts of these little small towns all around the, the state. I think yeah. sometimes they get overlooked, and I wanted to not just... I write about them all the time you know, for various publications, but I wanted to put it all together in one book and uh, write about all of them and encourage people to get out and uh, see them. I took a, I've been to all of them anyway pretty much, but I took uh, 2017 and visited every Arizona State Park in that wow. year. You know, they were turning 60. I was turning 60. It just felt like uh, the right thing to do. And that was the same year that uh, they won the uh, gold medal award for the best state parks in the awesome. uh, country. So, so your book, does that kind yes. of give us a tour of all of these parks? It does. I tell the story of each park, uh, what's, what it, uh, the history of the park or what it specializes in, what you do, whether it's hiking or boating or fishing or uh, if it's a museum. Um, and then I also give you all the information, when you go, admission, events that happen throughout the year, the picnic areas, uh, the camping uh, information on the trails or the, the boating, swimming, depending. And then I also include nearby attractions, a list of things that are happening. Because while you're here, you know, you come up to visit, maybe you want to camp at Dead Horse Ranch State Park for a, for a weekend. And while you're here, well, check out this museum and check out here, take the Birdie Canyon Railroad and, and, and uh, visit this spot, take this Jeep tour, you know, these sort of things. So I want you to see how connected the parks and the communities are. So yeah, it's, you know, becomes that kind of little travel guide. That's fantastic. So since we're in a quiet spot, relatively uh, native or not so? Not, I am not native. Uh, I came out uh, in 1975. Uh, I was a college student, um, very briefly at Northern <laughs> Arizona University. I came out and I, in fact, uh, if, I don't know if you're interested, but I'll tell you the story if you want to sure. hear how I ended up. So I was in high school, and I had a very serious high school sweetheart. We were very close. My parents loved her. Her parents loved me. 
Um, everybody just sort of assumed we would get married. And uh, my dad was working at General Motors at the time. He was going to help me. He was going to help me get a job at the General Motors plant. He was going to co-sign a loan so we would have a house. So I was going to be 18 with a wife, a mortgage, and a factory job. And all this time, I knew I was going to be a writer. I'd known I was going to be a writer since I was 13 years old and first read Mark Twain. So one day, my girlfriend and I are at the shopping uh, mall and she were in a store and she I look across the store and I see her trying on engagement rings and all of a sudden something in me just kind of snapped and I thought <laughs> I got to get out of here I can't breathe so like all high school seniors at that time I had brochures on various colleges and everything and uh, I, I'd always wanted to travel west because I was fascinated with cowboy movies um and that landscape that I would see. Uh, California and Oregon were too expensive, but I found a little college in Arizona that was pretty cheap uh, in Flagstaff, Northern Arizona University. And I'd been mowing yards since I was a kid. I had a couple of thousand dollars saved up, and I could actually pay for an entire year of college wow. myself out of my lawn mowing money. Man, those were the days. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so anyway, I applied, and it was already past the deadline. I sent this note off. I didn't tell anybody. I sent this note off. And um, so I, uh, Buddy and I went camping down the Smoky Mountains and came back. And as I'm walking up the driveway, my mom comes out of the house and she's standing there holding a letter. And she's got this look on her face. And uh, she says, you have a letter here from Northern Arizona University. Is there anything you want to tell me? So I had this, I'd been accepted and I had to be there in six days. Nobody even knew I was going. So everything was in an uproar. My girlfriend was uh, upset. My dad was furious. We almost got into a big fight. My mom was crying. My baby sister's crying. It's a big scene at the airport. I get on an airplane for the very first time in my life and fly across the country. They change planes in uh, uh, Denver. I see the Rocky Mountains for the first time in my life. Get on this little crop duster that lands at this uh, the Flagstaff Airport, and I step off the plane. And for the first time in my life, I smell that fragrance of oh. Ponderosa pines oh, yeah. in the evening, and I could breathe again. And that next morning, I saw the outline of the San Francisco peaks looking up, and I knew I was home. I knew that was it. You know, yeah. Arizona saved my life forty some years ago, and I fell in love. That was that was it for me. I knew this was where I was going to live. That's a great story. Yeah, that's fantastic. So it, my college career did not last. Uh, as unfortunately, I was dean's list on the first semester, and by the second semester, I was in academic probation. Because by then, I had learned that you, uh, I could get up in the morning and walk to class, or I could hitchhike down to Sedona. Or to the desert, or to the Grand Canyon, or something like that. So I, I spent most of the next uh, three or four years just rambling around this remarkable state uh, of ours, and uh, which upset my parents to no end. They just hated the idea that their son was a drifter. Although I like to remind them now, I'm doing exactly the same thing, except I get paid for it. There you go. That's so, everyone's dream. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs>
you're, you're living the dream. I here, am. I, I, I absolutely am. There's no doubt about that. So tell us a little bit about the history of this state park, Dead Horse Ranch. Well, it is exactly what it uh, sounds like. It was originally, uh, it was just a family ranch. Uh, they purchased it in the 40s. Uh, this family is traveling around uh, wanting to buy a property, and they looked at a few. And on somewhere around here, there was a carcass of a horse. And uh, when the parents uh, were asking the kids, uh, which ranch did you like best? They said the one with the dead horse. And that became the official name of the ranch, Dead Horse Ranch State Park. And the family owned it for three plus decades. And when they finally decided to sell it to the Arizona State Parks, they made keeping the name part of the sale. So it is still Dead Horse Ranch State Park. And it is, uh, but it's, so I think sometimes the, the name kind of, keeps people away or doesn't invite people in because you don't really know what to expect but uh but i like because i think the, the the name tells a story and i think this this is still very much a family friendly park this is a great place for kids you know i don't have kids but you know as we're driving in you saw there was the uh, uh we passed by the heated and air-conditioned cabins we passed by the, the campgrounds there's a playground with uh, swings and a little zip line down there there were around the lagoons these beautiful shady lagoons there's all these short trails that follow along little creeks and irrigation ditches and then there's a long sandy trail along the verde river uh places where you can splash in the river float down the river you can kayak the lagoons uh, it's just a, it's full of wildlife. It's still just very much kind of a wild, uh, natural ranch. It's been left very much in its, uh, natural state for the most part, other than, you know, these basic amenities around here. So it's a great place for kids. We used to bring our dogs here. They always loved it around here. So it's, uh, just a, a fun place to visit, to spend a weekend. Yeah, absolutely. See some kayaks in the lagoon behind us here. A little... Little kids out there splashing yeah. around. So. People just got here and they're having their little picnic lunch. Yeah. Saw some people fishing. They've on got the, the they've got the little grills. Thing. I was here yesterday. I went hiking on this trail just across the way. It heads up those hills, the Lime Kiln Historic Wagon Trail. Oh. I hiked it six miles, but it goes all the way to Sedona. It connects really? with Dead Horse Ranch State Park with Red Rock Ranch State Park, 15 miles. So you can do that whole, you know, a lot of bikers. Well, like I was say, that's a, a good bike, thing, mountain bike, bike trip. Thing. Yeah. This, is a, this park is really beloved by mountain bikers. This You can do a loop here with the uh, Lime Kiln Trail, the Thumper Trail, and the uh, uh, Lower Raptor Trail. And it's connected with some of the others are just great for uh, mountain bikers. They just love that. Uh, great for hikers, too. I like it, but a lot of times I'm the only one that's actually hiking it. I see more mountain bikers than hikers. How big is, is the Bald park? Eagle right here? Park, I, I don't, Acre, what's that? Oh yeah, Bald oh, Eagle. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we've got the, there's a, a, a nesting pair that live just up the, the river here and I see the, the one guy hunting, he comes down, they had a, a, a chick that fledged early in the year and uh, I see him hunting the lagoons and the river quite a bit. He likes to sit up in the dead trees and, yeah. and keep an eye on things. Wow. Yeah, sorry to... And I saw ospreys hunting uh, oh, just the fun. other day, diving into the water and stuff. So, yeah, it's really cool. That's fun to watch. Yeah, yeah you don't get to see... Uh, I don't, I don't, in fact, I don't I've ever seen, seen one, one in the wild. Life, oh, oh, yeah. We oh. see them all the time. Yeah. But. In, uh, in eastern Virginia and North Carolina, we've seen several of them. They are, uh, in 
North Carolina, they like to sit along the catfish pond and, and just hang out there. One time they were flying yeah, oh with yeah. a fish, oh. a big old catfish <laughs> in their in their craws, and my brother-in-law was driving behind it, and he's the birds just struggling to keep going. <laughs> finally, he's got a big old catfish in his hand, and then he finally he drops it and uh, drops it right in front of his car. Oh. <laughs> took off, you know. But yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. This yeah. is a popular spot with birding for birders. Oh, they yeah, uh, hear all the they have the uh, nature and birding festival every April. As you can see, we're about to be surrounded by ducks yeah. here. They're <laughs> wandering up here. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I I will tell you about though. I do have a mortal enemy that lives here. And if oh, we start yeah, so walking around, well, we'd see him. It's a great blue heron. And I, I bear the, the creature no ill will, but he absolutely hates me. So what? Uh, there's all these beautiful trails all through the park. But in summertime, when it's hot, a lot of times I just, I'll, I'll hike close to the river around the lagoons because the trails are partially shaded. And you get a little breeze off the water. So even if it's 100 degrees or so, it's still fairly comfortable. So, so I like to go around the lagoons. And there's a great blue heron that likes to... I guess, hunt at the same time. So I come up the lagoon, and even though I try to give him a wide berth, if I see him, he gets very indignant and starts, you know, and, and if you are familiar with great blue herons, they're tall, gangly creatures. They're all legs and neck, and, and they have this kind of croaking squawk that lets you know that they're very indignant about the whole thing. And so he launches on these big pterodactyl wings and flies out over the water. But what he does is he flies out over the water and then circles back and lands on the path. Again, so 15 seconds later, here I come again. And then he has to repeat the same thing. Sometimes we'll do this three to four times until he finally gets fed up and he flies off towards the trees or the rivers. Or sometimes he'll go uh, land on one of those logs submerged out in the lagoon and just glare at me the whole time. <laughs> And I can always picture him in in uh, my mind with this foghorn, leghorn voice going, of course you know, sir, this means war. <laughs> so I keep having this feeling of one, one morning I'm going to wake up and, uh, uh, and, you know, open the curtains and then there's going to be all these great blue hairs just perched out on my porch, I found just staring, at, staring in at me. Like some Alfred Hitchcock movie yeah. and stuff, except the worst, because think of all the hair and crap I'd have to clean up. So he just absolutely hates me, even though I, I bear him no ill will, but still. And I only mention this in case something happens to me. If I don't come back from a hike and you come here, you find me floating face down in the lagoons with beak marks all over my neck and head. You'll know it was no accident. Arrest the damn hair. He's out to get me. Have you named him? I have not. No, I don't, I don't want to form any kind of attachment to him because he, he's serious. I assume it's always the same one. You know, it it could be all different ones working in shift, and in which case I'm despised by the heron community at large, not just a single individual. I don't know if that's better or worse. They don't understand that you could bring them fame. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's he's already he's a kind of popular with some of my Facebook followers and, uh, since I've written about him a couple of times yes. and photographed him flying out over the water. They just get very. I think it's because you know birds just a lot of birds just they they take off very easily, but herons sort of have to unfold everything. Yeah, you know, it's it it a long, slow thing just to get them flapping out there and 
slow going, and then have to repeat it just a couple minutes later. Oh, he's so, he's so high strung. <laughs> I wish he'd come visit. That would be fun. <laughs> well, I'm sure if we start taking him walks around, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah we'll, we'll come across it. There's Roger We'll, we'll get yeah. the GoPro on him just to verify. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Critters are fun. So are there a lot of them around? The there are. There are. Yeah, there are quite a This is a popular spot for herons. This is a popular spot. Like I said, I saw osprey hunting here just a couple of days ago. Um, uh, hawks. There's actually a, uh, as you hike down by the river, uh, there's a little sign warning about the, I guess there's an aggressive hawk down there, although I've never come across him. Just to show that I don't have bad uh, encounters with all birds, but I guess there's a nesting hawk down there that sometimes kind of dives bomb. Uh, uh, so you don't get in trouble with the ornithology. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, but I've not, I've not seen him, but yeah, they, uh, uh, this is a really popular birding spot again because you know we're right here with all not not only do you have the Verde River but you have these lagoons and then you have Tabashi Marsh uh, this beautiful old cattail line marsh there's a short trail that walks back there through mesquite groves so there's all these habitats and, and very small areas so you know it's it's uh, you see a wide range of uh, uh, birds and if you've not been to the uh, the uh, Nature and Birding Festival in spring, it's really a treat. You know, that's uh, they do all these different outings and field trips and stuff. So it's uh, really fun. Hey there, podcast fans. Are you a native or not so native to Arizona? Looking for your first home? Wanting to upgrade, downsize, or relocate in Arizona? Need a trusted professional to help you sell? Call our friend Michelle Gallegos, a fourth-generation native Arizonan and a realtor with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Arizona Properties, 602-410-6887. Serving the real estate needs of both natives and not-so-natives alike, 602-410-6887. Michelle Gallegos. Welcome back to the Not-So-Native Podcast. I'm Rob Lamb. I'm Aaron Bailey. Yeah, we're in the day use area here. Yeah. It was only seven bucks to get in, and uh, per that, vehicle. Yeah, so, per vehicle. Yeah. Not, yeah. That's not bad. I, no. I, I, no. Uh, that's yeah. nothing for yeah. for the ambiance of this location and, it's absolutely and the opportunity to go out here and float around on a kayak and do a little fishing. Do they stock these lakes? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah? Yep. Yep. Yeah, rainbow trout, uh, but then you ought, there's also, uh, you can pull out some really big catfish, there's some bass, and uh, yeah, they've got the limits posted, but yeah, it's a really hot fishing area, and that's one of the things I think, you know, again, with, if you've got kids, you were teaching kids to fish, it's yeah. one of those, you know, they're not going to get bored, you know, you come, especially during the times when they're stocking the fish, and they're just pulling them out one right after another and stuff, so it's a, a really great little spot for that. And you have and, to have your fishing license to come in. Yeah, any any time you're fishing in, uh, in uh, you know Arizona property, if you're above, I think is it age fourteen or age ten or whatever, whatever. There's a minimum 14. age, but you have yeah, yeah fourteen. You have to have a fishing license, but otherwise, yeah. Now you mentioned that these lagoons weren't here. You know, we had camped here back about twelve years ago. So how how did they go about making the lagoons? Well, it was know? interesting. Yeah, we used to, we we kind of saw them do it gradually because that was back when we still had dogs and we would come here all the time. They planted, they started out by planting all these 
groves of cottonwood trees, and these are very fast-growing trees. And uh, I think they just uh, the the ranch owns a certain amount of water rights. There are a couple of ditches that run these historic ditches oh, yeah, yeah, back yeah. from the day and stuff. And uh, so they just kind of recirculated some of the the water. So it started with these uh, cottonwood groves, and then we didn't really know what they were doing. Then all of a sudden they excavated uh, these two lagoons. The third one had been there as long as I've been coming to the park okay. since the 70s. So I think that may have been part of the original ranch. So many of the parks that are like that, that's why I wanted to, you know, try to alert more people to these kind of places. Yeah. You know, as someone who lives here, I know how important this place is to me and the community. But uh, that's the way it is with all these parks all over the, uh, the, the state. You know, Fort Verde is such an essential part of Camp Verde. It's the best preserved Apache era's war, uh, Apache uh, war era's fort uh, in the state. You know, these great historic buildings, these living museums, um, you know, not many people know about it or go to it and stuff. You're right there by Montezuma Castle. So you can do these two great historic events just, you know, in a matter of, uh, spend a couple of hours there, so yeah, go go from the ten hundreds to <laughs> to the eighteen hundreds, right? <laughs> In a matter of uh, three miles. <laughs> Fantastic. Now we're looking at an advanced copy of your your book. Yeah. Uh, when is the uh, when's the release? How can people get a hold of it? The uh, the official release is October fifteenth. Uh, I hope that it, they will be out a little sooner than that, but. Uh, that's when I will begin my, uh, I'm going traveling all over the state, giving uh, talks, uh, doing media interviews, doing a lot of radio and television, and uh, 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 giving presentations. Uh, and there, you can all, you can find out about all where I'm appearing on my website, rogernaylor.com. Can you spell that out for people? Yeah, R-O-G-E-R-N-A-Y-L-O-R.com. It's just that simple. There's an events page. There's descriptions of all my books, uh, links to my various uh, uh, articles, uh, and then some new short fiction that I'm also writing. So you can get that. But the books will be available once they're out. They'll be in, it, uh, carried at all the state parks, and they'll be in uh, most bookstores around the state, uh, most visitor centers. Um, you know, they'll be pretty widely distributed. Can they so, buy them on your website? Please? And buy, they can buy them on my website and get a signed copy. Oh, I sign yeah. every copy that goes out on my website. Wonderful. Yeah. So we'll be sure to do that. Well, I think I've seen them on Amazon even too. Yeah, you can you can pre-order on Amazon right now. And stuff. So there was nowhere that, so. that we can't get a hold of that. I know. Well, that's what I try to do. I try to saturate. I, I want to make go. it. I want to make it so that I'm inescapable. If you're if you're <laughs> in Arizona or around Arizona, you're you're going to stumble over me at some point. Or coming well to Arizona because. Yeah. So for, you know, this is a, our podcast is picked up in you know, lots of people in Germany. Oh, nice. Germany loves Arizona. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's uh, very it's connected over. to the uh, the wild. Uh, you know, my first book was Arizona Kicks on Route 66, just oh, the, uh, the Route 66 yes. portion, which is, uh, you know, the most famous highway in the world that crosses our backyard. Arizona is, in fact, the state that saved Route 66, so I always like to tell that story. Oh, yes. and, uh, and I'm always writing about, uh, you know, the, so much of the Wild West history uh, that uh, I, I know, and I, I, and I know because I've written for German magazines and publications before that, you know, there's a real uh, uh, enjoyment of that era, that time frame, which, you know, really doesn't, doesn't didn't exist anywhere else. It was a really unique time in history. 
I just, I just love sharing this beautiful state with, with people. And I think that people should pick up your book before they come to Arizona, if they're on their way. Because uh, we're coming into the high tourism time in Arizona, you know, right. October through, what, April? <laughs> and uh, so... If also when a lot of the snowbirds come back down because it's moderate climate. So. Does this place get snow? <sighs> you know, if you would have asked me a year ago, I would have said not really, no. Um, but last year we actually did. Last year we actually got two little snows that, that stuck of a few yeah. inches. We've lived here 25 years, and in that time, it's only uh, there's only been three times where there's been snow that's stuck on the ground and on the roads. You know, sometimes we'll get the you know one of those really beautiful little dustings, the little yeah, just yeah, kind yeah, of sparkly. frost. Yeah. The, uh, the 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 uh, outlines the plants and and it's just gorgeous. But it the ground's too warm. It doesn't so it melts as soon as it touches. So we got that. It's very much a Christmas card like, you know, image. It's kind of that's the kind of snow you want. Like, snow oh, the cactus. It's, it's beautiful, yeah. but and it, it it, I, and, yeah, <laughs> and it's gone by uh, ten in the morning. Uh, but uh, then twice last year we actually had snow that uh, stuck around uh, two or three inches, and uh, that had only happened once before. Um, so, you know, who, so it's certainly possible, but you know, we're 3,300 feet, um, you know, but it, it's, it's obviously quite rare if it's only happened in three times in 25 years. So. But we do, you know, I mean, it gets chilly, you know, we're, we're certainly not like, you know, uh, one of the advantages of being away from the Valley of the Sun is that our mornings are very cool and delicious because we get that evening cool down. You know, even during the height of summer when it gets very hot, uh, as soon as the sun goes down, it starts dramatically cooling off. There's never a night that doesn't get down into the 70s you know, well, overnight. And a lot of times, and we're getting down into the 60s now and stuff. So I almost always have windows open at night um, and stuff. Um, and then, so then in the morning, it's also very cool as it starts to heat up. Then in the middle part of the day, it'll be hot. Um, so it's pretty comfortable. The, uh, of course, then with the winter, that means it gets chillier. It gets colder overnight and, you know, we'll be down in the twenties and even in the teens sometimes, but then it warms up into the fifties and sixties during the day and stuff. So it's, you know, uh, very nice but yeah you definitely have to there that's why we don't have sororo growing around here and some of the other things and stuff so some of these state parks are better to they're, they're all good to enjoy but you can't enjoy all of them all year round right some of them do close nope no none nope. of them close none oh. of the state parks close none of the state parks none close. of the state parks close yeah wow i did not know that you yeah. from brand new yeah, I did. Um, you know, back during the uh, when the financial crisis hit in 2008, 2009, the legislature stole all the state park money to use it for other things. So that's when the, a lot of the state parks were threatened with closure. A lot of the communities stepped up with volunteers and, and stepped in to kind of save the parks, keep them open. And they did for almost all of them. I think there were only a couple that closed. Um, the last one that was closed for a while was Oracle State Park. It reopened in 2017 and is open full time. But all the, all the state parks are 
open full time. That may not mean they're open every single day. You know, like I think uh, Yuma Prison, uh, which is one of my favorites, one of my absolute we, favorites, we was just voted there, yeah. the most haunted place in the country. Yes. Oh, so really? Cool. I did yeah. not see that. And it's just a, a terrific spot. Um, but anyway, I think during the summer they may close on Monday or two, you know, because there's not a ton sure. of people going to Yuma in the middle of summer sure. and stuff. So, but you know, they're Surprise. they're open all, all year yeah. round. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, as are all the parks. So a lot of parks, you know, I mean, here you come, you spend a weekend easy, you can spend several days. Others, the smaller ones, like McFarland Courthouse, it's a great little park, but. It's it, and it's free. It doesn't cost you a thing to go in. It's basically just that courthouse. But they've got some great exhibits. It's also part of the Florence Visitor Center there. So you spend an hour or two. You go through. You see. You learn about the uh, the old gunfights they had there. The the lynchings they had at the courthouse. The time it became a hospital. You learn about the. This was the site of the biggest German POW camp in oh, Arizona. Yeah. It was right around there and stuff. They got great exhibits on that. You're there for an hour or two, and you're done with that. And then you've got historic, beautiful historic downtown Florence to explore. Um, you, you grab a bite, and you're you're home. So it's a day trip. It's you oh, know you're nice. not going to constant. You know you're not going to say, well, we're dedicating a week to Florence Courthouse, but it's a great little fun day trip that you just to get out of town once and come back and do it. Same with Reardon Mansion up in uh, Flagstaff. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's only available by guided tours. They do tours all through the day, but they last about an hour and a half. It's this great story. The Reardon brothers married sisters, and they had this big mansion that kind of looks like a log cabin from outside, but inside is this gorgeous. It's like 40 rooms. These, these twin matching homes is built by the Charles Whitless. This, uh, Charles Whitlessy, uh, who also built El Tovar Hotel. In oh. fact, he built this one just before it, it opened. The, the mansion was finished in 1904. The El Tovar opened in 1905. Oh. But anyway, you take this guided tour through, and it's got all this beautiful arts and crafts movement, uh, all this furniture, all the stickly furniture, and all this gorgeous one-of-a-kind pieces in there. And... Uh, um, then you get to, you know, they've got a little museum area and you get to tour the grounds and stuff. But again, it lasts about an hour and a half for tour. So you spend a couple of hours at Reardon Mansion and you're in Flagstaff hanging out and doing stuff. So, right. you know, there's so many of these little parks where, you know, you're enjoying, you the you community. enjoy the, yeah, the community as much as the time. But, but then, hey, if you want to go down to Catalina State Park, north of Tucson, you can camp there. They've got, a, again, it's all those kinds of trails. You can camp there for a week. You can hike. You can hike up in the Santa Catalina Mountains. You know, you might see bighorn sheep. So it just depends on, you know, there's this great combination of, you know, what do you want to do? There's a state park that that uh, is there for you, you know, uh, when it's wildflower season. You know, I made three trips to Picaccio Peak. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice. You know, this, this year. Yeah, because yeah, the, the flowers were amazing. It's, yeah. it's got a, this, it's the west site of the westernmost battle in the Civil War. Um, they've got a whole little Civil War trail dedicated to it. And, and uh, so it's a great story. So it's on the one hand, it's this great historic park, but just about everybody goes because, you know, you want to hike up. Either you want to climb to the top of that peak or you go there for the wildflowers that are just, you know, this incredible display this year and stuff. So, you know, there's just uh, Karchner Caverns. Yeah. You want to yes. take those that. tours. That's so spectacular. The Vincent Mine. Yeah, you know, so, right there. yeah, it's... Uh, it's that kind of, there's always these parks, you know, I love the old West history. So touring tombstone courthouse is just amazing with all the exhibits. Mm -hmm. They've got all these artifacts from 
Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday, and you know, this they tell all these different stories there, and you know, so it's amazing. I could spend hours there, but yeah. you know, even if you don't, even if you just go through yeah. in a couple or three hours, it. yeah, it costs you, you know, just four or five bucks to get in, and then uh, then you're walking around Tombstone, you're you know, taking yeah. a stagecoach ride through Tombstone, or touring the Good Enough Mine, or uh, you know, uh, watching the gunfight at the OK Corral and stuff. So, you know, the the parks and the communities are. Uh, each connected and you can have whatever kind of experience you want if you're a big boater you want to head to lyman lake there's no size restrictions on boat if you've got an aircraft carrier sitting in your uh, driveway <laughs> haul it to lyman lake pull it into lyman lake and take it out you know so it's great for water skiers boaters people like to go fast but then they've got all these little different coves and canyons that are, you know, no wake zone. So there's a little great little swimming beach for the kids with a little playground. Uh, there's uh, fishing in the no wake zones, beautiful little hiking trails along the hills. So you're overlooking the water everywhere you that? go. Lyman Lake, north of Springerville. Oh, okay. So again, one of those little hidden gems. So I noticed that this state park, this is um, for people who aren't as comfortable with being in the outdoors all the time so they're not used right. to camping they don't have a pool behind how many this park has cabins yeah has about eight of do. them i uh, think it was yeah. very cute little cabin well, heated cabin. air conditioning so and uh, uh they've got all the beds uh they've got you know ceiling fans porches uh everything you need you bring your linens that's that's essentially it you bring your linens. how many of our state parks have that do you, oh, do you man, recall there, yeah there's uh Patagonia Lake, uh, Lost Dutchman, Dead Horse, Karchner Caverns, Lyman Lake, um, and then they're being built at uh, uh, Buckskin. Oh, uh, Buckskin State Park. Buckskin uh, Gulch. Uh, by, yeah. uh -huh. The Buckskins. Uh, yeah, Lake Havasu. Uh, yeah. Uh, Buckskin Mountain State That's Park. Nice. Yeah, that I love that. That's, That's beautiful. And we're place. coming into that time of year, that October, November. Yes. One of my favorite things to do is just kind of go up the West Coast, yes, get all those yes, parks, because yes, yes. all the the summer boaters have gone home, and the snowbirds haven't started coming out yet. So Parker, it's just deserted. It's just area. deserted. You hit yeah. uh, you hit the uh, Buckskin, you hit River Island, and then you uh, Cattail Cove, and then Lake Havasu, and it's just and it's still you know high 70s low 80s and stuff so it still nice. kind of feels like summery you know you can still yeah. hang out on the beach and swim if you want or you can hike it's just and there you've got it the whole place to yourself and it's, it's all just, colorado it's river station yeah it's yeah. just gorgeous you know so i love that you That's just have one to of my favorite careful. little day trips and stuff you just have to be careful with that buckskin one don't accidentally end up in california so i have a question yeah. you you, yeah. you, you, you and this is not on state parks. Okay. This is just on interesting places. Okay. On the way to Tucson, on uh -huh. I-10, uh -huh. you start seeing the signs. <laughs> Big yellow signs with red writing on them. Say the thing. The thing. Have you seen the thing? I have seen the thing. Yeah, I have perfect. seen the thing. Yeah, have you seen the thing? Have and you I, seen the thing? I don't. I, I think the I signs think are it's more. It's because it's over towards uh, as you're heading towards Wilcox. So oh yeah, 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 in that area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I have seen the thing. 
And I've written about the thing. I refuse yeah. to reveal what the thing is because right. I yeah. no, no, yeah, 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 no spoiler draw. alerts. Uh, you know, yeah. cost you a buck. Go see yeah, the thing. Yeah, go, go see the thing. And I never, so I never miss a roadside attraction. Yeah. Really. Yes. You need to get gas. You need to get something to eat. And you and need to a see the thing. Queen there. There's yeah, a Dairy Queen. You can stop for ice cream. Yeah, there we go. Drop an extra buck. See the thing. Part of history. That's what we did. It is. It is. Is interesting. I will just say that the the whole wander because you have to wander back. You don't just get to get to go straight in and right. say, "Oh, look, there's the thing." You have to wander through the whole experience. Right. And uh, for a dollar, it's it's worth it. <laughs> well, and one of the things I like about it too is that it was an old mom. It started out as kind of a mom and pop place, and then that uh, plaza has been taken over by a corporations like the Bowman corporate you know they oh, own okay. several of the uh you know these kind of gas station you know sure. areas along the interstates and stuff but i like that they kept it that they kept it and preserved it left it as is and just it's all part of that experience so that it was so even corporate america recognizes this is something cool this is something people need to, to see so that you know that that's how people used to travel that's one of the things i yes. miss about you know that uh, one of the things that our dads got wrong, and I hate to say, you know, my dad was wrong, but a good trip isn't made up of good time and good gas mileage. You know, that it seemed oh, that yeah. one time yeah. that was all that mattered. Well, yeah. we're making really good time. And we're getting yeah. good gas mileage. It doesn't matter. Stop where you want to stop. Yeah. Pull off where you want to pull off. Check yeah. things out. Yeah. How many just, minutes can we shave off? Oh. The uh, <laughs> we're not stopping because that car is going to get ahead of us and we're going to have to catch back up. Yeah, yeah. Google Maps and, and the estimated time of arrival uh, is not a good thing for Aaron. Oh, really. If he wants right. to try and be, or, or my wife. I, I tell the kids to get a cup, you know. It's become an extreme sport for me. Yeah. I look See, at that estimated time, I'm like, I could be. That's a challenge. Uh, See, I've, I've got this thing in my truck that's really handy for me. It's right down by the gas pedal. It's called a brake yeah. and i just i just use it i just yeah, you know yeah, i just yeah. i hit it and just pull over and you know start down the road and see what you find out and that's where i found you know some of my favorite places you know, like little ghost towns like chloride and oh, yeah. little places where I, I was just i'd driven by the sign several times and thought i gotta go check this out it's like four miles down the road and i go and there i walk into this restaurant in the middle of the afternoon they're having a songwriter competition yeah, yeah, yeah. And the singers you know they the so the bar owners back there with a big Hawaiian shirt on and there's all these people with guitars sitting around and this gorgeous this beautiful girl singing this heartbreaking ballad and I stop and get a beer and I'm just all of a sudden I'm like in love with her and ready to you know rescue her from her grandpaid man you know if I hadn't turned down this road I would you know yeah I, I, I'm a stuff. huge fan of that. I'll stop and see the world's largest ball of twine. If it's the world's largest anything, yeah, you yes, got it. I mean, you got to see it. it. World's yeah. largest ball of belly button lamps. You got to go. You got to go. That movie, Cars. You know, we we interviewed Angel oh, Delgadillo yeah, yeah. in uh, season two. Yeah, in season two, and got to spend some time with him. But when he, when when in the movie Cars, when they say it's not about the the destination it's about the journey exactly and and, and I, I am i'm a huge fan about that i just like to wander around and talk to people whether they look weird or not i don't care i just want i just want to talk to them <laughs> that's what got us to see the thing i'd 
my my family and I, we have made several road trips. We used to live in San Diego. My mama, my mama and papa, same from Texas, lived in Dallas, and so we would drive from Phoenix to or from San Diego to Dallas once a summer, very mostly. And we would always try buying the thing, and I'm like, "Can we stop and see the thing? Can we stop and see the thing?" And no, 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 no. And then finally, I, I'm I'm a grown man, and I'm like, "I'm stopping to yeah, see the thing." Exactly. I'm stopping. And I'm from North Carolina originally, and every time we're back east to see my family in North Carolina, Virginia, he is just enthralled. Yeah, I'm like, "Can we pull over? It's a historical marker. Pull over! Like every ten feet, there's a historical marker. Well, sometimes Rob inadvertently pulls over because well, he drives true. wherever he looks. <laughs> 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 he just hey. goes, and you have, he doesn't even have a choice. Hey, this wasn't drive the bus over Rob time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone other than me noticed. Oh. <laughs> well, we noticed when we almost went off the side of the cliff. Oh, we were going down. We were, we, I don't know. You've been to Fossil Creek. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From Strawberry down. Yeah. Yeah. So remember when you used to be able to drive that road? Right. Yeah. Uh, we used to be. We used to drive that road. One day we took them to experience Fossil Creek before you, before you needed a pass, and uh, we almost slid off the cliff because we were trying to pass. <laughs> Oh, because oh, oh. Oh, there was no place to really pass, and you almost have to pull my mirror in, you know. And yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, I'm it not was sure a rough if they go. have reopened that way into Fossil Springs. No, strawberry. Uh, it's still no. Closed. yeah, it's still closed as far as I know. Yeah, it's a great hike. Yeah, it is. But I wanted to, since you'd mentioned Angel Delgadillo, one of my favorite people in the whole world, uh, the, my book, my state park book, is dedicated to Marshall Trimble, Dolan Ooh. Ellis, Bob Bozbell, and Angel Delgadillo, Aww. four men who made Arizona and the world a better and more interesting place. Marshall Trimble is a fantastic storyteller. Yeah, yeah, Marshall's a great yeah. guy. Yeah, you're a fantastic storyteller as well. We just enjoyed hearing you. You... you do you write like you speak? Yeah, I think so. I'm completely uh, self-educated. As as I mentioned, I, I'm a college dropout. Kids stay in school, for crying out loud. Um, yeah, bleed so your I, parents yeah, dry. I, I, <laughs> I have no, no formal training, so I've had to teach myself every step of the way. So when I started writing for newspapers, I had to learn how to write for newspapers. When I write for magazines, I had to learn how to write for magazines. I write for radio. I had to learn to write for radio and uh -huh. books, everything. So it's I, it's just all a matter of, uh, you know, kind of teaching myself. But anyway, I think not having that formal background gives me a more casual tone, a very yeah, 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 yeah. That, that kind of pulls you along. I, so I tend to, to write that way. And, and, uh, I noticed when you were telling the story of your nemesis at Dead Horse Park that yeah. you, you were doing the drama. And then you went to explaining it. So I, I, that, was, that was great. Okay, the big pterodactyl wings. I'll always remember that. That's the part you miss critters. on the podcast. You don't get to see that nonverbal part. Well, maybe they'll get to see it now because hopefully we'll get this GoPro going. And, and uh, we'll hopefully lay this audio down underneath of it. And it'll be, it'll be a good time. But we've certainly enjoyed spending the time with you here. Again, Share the uh, share the way that people can get a hold of you. Sure. Uh, the best way is to visit my website. It's rogernaylor.com, R-O-G-E-R-N-A-Y-L-O-R.com. And that way you can, uh, you'll find links to my articles, links to my books, uh, links to my short stories. I'm just starting to write 
Uh, I started out as a humor writer. That's what I did for many years and uh, before I shifted into Arizona travel writing. But I'm getting back into writing Arizona-based humor. Uh, my first fiction story is up on Amazon and on my website, available as an ebook the, called Last Call with the Ghost of Pancho Villa. It's about uh, two unlikely drinking buddies in the, the Gadsden Hotel. Oh, uh, beautiful. One of them, of course, the headless ghost of Pancho Villa because he's said to uh, um, haunt that hotel and stuff. So uh, it's all, again, they're all kind of humor fiction short stories but it's all based in arizona reality all the locations are real all the le legends are real the 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 history and uh, all that kind of stuff so it, it gives me a chance to share my love of arizona and also just have some fun with storytelling my next one will go up next month and it's all about the gang of elvis impersonators living in winslow so, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh that, that's gotta <laughs> be that is so, winslow is yeah. a character place yeah. of its own so but, uh, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah. So, but anyway, you can find all that on my website, and then the best way too is be sure to uh, like my Facebook page, uh, like my follow me on Twitter. Uh, my Facebook page is it's a business page. There's no uh, religion, no politics. It's all just Arizona, Arizona uh, photos, Arizona tales. Uh, once once a year in the spring, I go off on a rant about marshmallow peeps and about how they're the spawn of Satan, bent yes. on the destruction of the world. But other than that, it's all Arizona. It's uh, every bit of it. So it's a great way to follow along with my uh, travels around the state. And, uh, stories, I tell you where I'm kayaking, where I'm hiking, where I'm uh, I, I love eating, seeing your pictures you know, all that Twitter. kind of stuff. And stuff. So, I'm going to go like your page right now. Excellent. Well, the marshmallow peeps, one thing we can all agree on. So. Yes. I think they're, they're well, these for little nasty squish <laughs> biscuits. They're, you know, they start out with just Easter. Now you see them. They're every holiday. Yeah. You know, Halloween. It's, and all I it is is taking, yeah. it's all taking away from chocolate. You know, right. no, no, it's terrible. Yeah, it's just awful. This awful taste. It's just the sugar, and it's just taking valuable real estate away from chocolate. Because so, chocolate so. has health benefits. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Yes, it does. Well, very good. Well, thank you, Roger. Clearly, you're passionate about Arizona. And, Just as we are. Uh, and passionate about uh, even your, your hatred towards Pete. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was absolutely my pleasure. Anytime I can encourage people to get out and explore this amazing place that we live in, then uh, that's a good thing. Oh, quick question. Uh, how much is uh, the book? The, this book is uh, $21.95. Perfect. Worth go. every penny. Yeah, good. Can't wait All to right. get it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here at the Not So Native Podcast. Be sure to check us out on our website, notsonativepodcast.com, and leave a comment or two. Also, follow us on social media to get the latest update on our adventures. Until next time. Until next time. Until next time.